welcome to the Old Soul Movie Podcast, your number one spot for classic movie rewatches and breakdowns. My name is Jack Oremus, and I'm here with my sister, Emma Oremus. We decided that we wanted to make a show that reflected our love and appreciation for classic movies. And while you're here, hopefully we can share that together as an Old Soul family. We're going to be diving into these movies scene by scene and giving our modern reactions to the films that have influenced generations of people. There will be fun facts, hot takes, tears, laughter, and everything in between. And with that being said, sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Welcome back, everyone, and oh my goodness, what a movie we have on deck for the holiday special number three, It's a Wonderful Life. Emma, oh, how are we holding up after after watching? Um, just okay. I, I was a little crunched for time, so I watched it this morning. Um, and I actually cried throughout the entire movie. <laughs> I've seen it a million times in my life and I usually just cry at the end, but I don't know. I don't know why <laughs> this year I was crying throughout the whole thing. Um, I'm also battling a cold right now, folks. So if I sound a little funny, that's why. Um, and yeah, I, so I was just like snotting and crying and like watching this movie and like <laughs> crying. <laughs> and snotting (laughs) it it was a time the cold came from jumping in the river to uh to save harry (laughs) harry bailey yes yes indeed (laughs) oh man oh my god i i did not know how i was gonna hold up and uh like yesterday was just a really really rough day and um like started my notes last night and yesterday it, was a rough day for me too yeah. and I think like for some reason coming off that this morning when I watched it I was like oh <laughs> I know and like that that's just the funny thing about this movie is that sometimes just when you watch it it it, it comes in at just the the most ironic times of your life and so like yeah. yesterday was a pretty tough time and yeah watching this was what the soul needed what what the holidays and just what this movie is all about. Oh man, no, this is a classic film. Um, if you're listening to this and you haven't seen it, oh my gosh, I'm jealous that you're watching it for the first time. I don't, you know what? I watched this for the first time so long ago. I don't even remember my first watch just cause it was so, so long ago. Um, this is another one that I watched the music box theater though. Not the first time, but I mm-hmm. watched, I saw it a few years ago. Um, and then I was ugly crying in that theater. <laughs> and if you haven't been to the Music Box Theater in Chicago, folks, it's a really tight fit. So you were like on top of each other. And it was just emotional for all. Yeah. Uh, it, it, in a situation like that, though, everyone understands. No one's judging. I, yes. Like, uh, but, but yeah, I remember the first time that I watched this was actually in high school. I was a little older. And again, like going through rough times. I don't know how I hadn't seen it before, yeah, I don't before know then. Either. It like it perplexes me, but I mean those were just really really tough times personally and watching this movie like it hit home and it was immediately top 3 for me along with Jaws and Jurassic Park. If you remember <laughs> from the the first episode, I talked about how much I love this movie. It's just incredible. 
I'm going to cry, like, even just thinking about this movie. I oh. don't know why I'm so emotional with this movie right now. Yeah, no, no, no. We, We're actually very lucky that you can't see us right now because yeah. we both have, like, tears streaming down our faces, like, post, <laughs> post-George Bailey. But, uh, but, yeah, I remember another cool thing was in my cinema class, the one that I took my, um, I think it was my sophomore year, <laughs> and the way that it was lined up, we watched a movie each week. And um, this was the last movie that we saw before going on break, and oh, so nice. and so we got to see it on the big screen, and it was, oh, it was just so cool watching it. Like, yeah, if you have the opportunity to watch this on like a big big screen, do it, do it, do it, do it. Yeah, and be around people who won't judge you for <laughs> ugly crying. <laughs> it's just, oh, it's it's so good. But yeah, I've seen it a bunch of times. It's on the annual rotation, of course. Um, on it my... is not the holiday season without this movie for me, yeah. honestly. Yeah, it's it's Bing and it's Jimmy, like yeah. my boys. Yeah, the the boys. But yeah, on my keychain actually, I have the sort of like the message that's under Peter Bailey in the office. All you, oh. all you, yeah, but it says all you can take with you is that which you've given away. So like I always sort of carry this movie with me and I try to keep that like as a reminder for myself. But like my favorite, I love that one. I've seen it been popping up around lately. Yeah. Um, my other favorite is the No Man is a Failure was Friends. I love that line from this. We'll get into it, folks. But oh, just just you wait. We will not make it through this probably in one piece. So if our voices are creaky, uh, you can infer what's going on. <laughs> right. If there's any movie that you watch this holiday season, just make sure it's this one. It's free on Amazon Prime. Uh, it should be on TV, like I would imagine. Yeah, oh, yeah I believe NBC shows it every year. Yeah. Um, I believe that's who has it right now or has it in general. Um, but yes, find find a way <laughs> yeah ah uh, it's just it's such a good movie and so it's a wonderful life it is a 1946 christmas fantasy drama produced and directed by frank capra <laughs> fantasy drama i love i know Fan- i love that category <laughs> they, they, fantasy drama it's like this in wizard of oz <laughs> it's like, i know it's so weird but uh but yeah a little bit about capra emma one of his annual uh Christmas classics. Obviously, it's his, but he and his family, you know. Yes. Um, yeah, this was one of his favorite films of his that he ever did. And I mean, you see a lot of him in this. You see a lot of allusions to his Italian immigrant heritage. Um, so very cool. I actually knew a descendant of Capra. So fun little fact there. But yeah, definitely a cool, you know, legacy to leave behind. Look at Emma with the connects. <laughs> Not really. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but yeah, it is based on the short story and booklet, booklet, The Greatest Gift, which was written by Philip Van Dorenstern in 1939 and published privately in 1943. I think yes, it's crazy. It is crazy. This is a fun fact, everyone. Um, I have not read The Greatest Gift. Actually... This, it was, so I have, I'm in a book club and December was my month to pick the book 
and I wanted to go for something Christmassy. So I was actually going to go with The Greatest Gift, even though it's a short story. I ended up going with Little Women. Um, so I have not read The Greatest. I mean, I've read Little Women a thousand times and it's awesome. Go read it and watch the movie coming out soon. Um, but The Greatest Gift is, um, yeah, a short story. And it's amazing because it was rejected by a bunch of publishers um, and Philip Van Dorn. Philip Van Dornstern um, <laughs> printed the booklet out and mailed it to family and friends for as like a Christmas card almost as like a Christmas gift um, in Christmas uh, 1943. Um, but then this this came to like the notice of um, someone either Cary Grant or the or the RKO producer um, David Hempstead, and they were going to use it as turn it into a movie to make it a vehicle for Cary Grant. Um, Cary Grant, of course, went on to do The Bishop's Wife, another great Christmas movie, highly recommend. And then this ended up falling into Capra's hands. Yeah, I think wasn't the greatest gift also, it it didn't have the same plot, right? It has the roughly the, the same plot. It's roughly the same. A lot of the details are changed. Instead of George Bailey, it's a character called George Pratt. He also has a brother named Harry that he saved when he was younger. Um, and some things are a little different with Mary, uh, in the movie. Well, I won't spoil the movie, but I'll just say in the book, Mary goes on to dare, uh, Mary goes on to marry a different man and has kids. Um, so that's a little different. And then also, um, there, I think occupational differences between the Georges. Um, but it's the same essential plot of, a man um, going to take his own life and then being intercepted by an angel who shows him what the world would have been without him. Um, Uh, So very powerful and amazing because this actually, this idea came with Philip Van Dornstern, who's actually um, a civil war, right? Like biographer, um, which is pretty cool. And this came, this idea came to him in a dream, which is really special. Always amazing when that happens. No, very, very cool. Uh, this this entire story just wrecks me. But yeah, it is widely considered one of the best movies of all time. Not just Christmas, but in general. Uh, even though it performed poorly at the box office compared to its budget at the time of its release. Yeah, it's, it's difficult. Um, so in 1946, around the same time, another movie came out called The Best Years of Our Lives. And... That was a really big hit at the box office. And at the time, that would have been a little bit more what audience were looking for. That movie was kind of about families post-World War II, which is, I mean, similar to It's a Wonderful Life, but a little different. And people, I just, I feel like people weren't exactly ready for the premise of It's a Wonderful Life yet. I think it was a little heavy. Um, and not so much like what people were looking for in terms of going to the theaters for something lighthearted post-war, because there's a lot of, you know, struggles after you come home from the war and after things are done. The aftermath is difficult. And I think that having like two kind of similar but competing movies was would have been tough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it had a runtime of 135 minutes and it stars James, Jimmy. Stewart as George Bailey, one of our favorites here. I adore Jimmy Stewart so, so, so much. He is just the man, the myth, the legend. 
Yeah, he's on my uh, dream dinner party guest list easily. Oh, easily. he's fantastic. Easily. But yes, he, uh, Jimmy Stewart as George Bailey, Donna Reed as Mary Hatch. And let me just side comment. I think Emma <laughs> knows this, but I am in love with Donna Reed. <laughs> Jack love. is in love with Donna Reed. Mary is his dream girl. <laughs> yes. Uh, Lionel Barrymore as Mr. Potter. Thomas Famous Barrymore family, yeah. as you all are probably aware of. <laughs> Thomas Mitchell as Uncle Billy and Henry Travers as Clarence. Wow. Cool lineup. Um, where does one even begin with looking at this cast? Well, as we kind of mentioned, Cary Grant was the original conceived idea for George Bailey. Um, but then they got Ju- Jimmy Stewart attached and wow, what a great fit. He's just that he's impossible not to like, you know right. what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> like if someone said they didn't like Jimmy Stewart, I would actually think they're an alien. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So great casting there. Donna Reed, Awesome actress. Um, she's also in Here to Eternity, the people kind of looking for other movies she's in. And a second and choice. She was a second choice uh, for the role. Yeah, there were actually a few movies in mind. Um, Ginger Rogers being one of them. She famously questioned her choice in her autobiography. <laughs> and you know who else? I mean, they, they also looked at Olivia de Havilland, who I actually think would have been terrific. Um, I mean, I think Donna Reed is perfect for it. But if there had to be like, if she suddenly got ill and they had to put it in an alternate, <laughs> I think Olivia would have been great. If Donna Reed was never born. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, Olivia would have been great. She played Melanie in Gone with the Wind. Mm-hmm. So she has that kind of like nice, lovely persona that would have come through. Yeah. Uh, Donna, Reed, Lionel, Donna Reed's oh, first, but what? it was uh, Donna Reed's first starring role too, which was interesting. Yeah, very cool. And you know what's also cool is she comes from that small town Iowa, you know, roots. And it's I really see that like down to earth girl mm-hmm. come through in her portrayal. So that's awesome. She also won fifty dollars from I believe Lionel Barrymore, uh, proving that she could milk the cow yeah. <laughs> on set, uh, which is pretty awesome. Which brings me to Lionel Barrymore. Um, of the great, great Barrymore family dynasty of actors. Yeah, he is the great uncle of Drew Barrymore for people who are more contemporary oriented. Um, And Lionel actually got the role directly from playing the role of Ebenezer, Ebenezer Scrooge on the radio every year. He would play that role for Christmas Carol and that kind of grouchiness got him scouted for this role, which he was perfect for. Oddly enough, um, I believe that Thomas Mitchell was another choice for Mr. Potter, uncle, the actor that plays uncle Billy. So glad I'm glad that they went with what they went with. I think that the fits were right. Right. And I read that Lionel Barrymore convinced Jimmy Stewart to take the role of George. He did. He did. They were a, a good, a good, convincing effort on Lionel's part yeah apparently Jimmy didn't want to do it after coming back from World War II yes so this was um, a really big uh, you know change for Jimmy Stewart Um, coming back from World War II he wasn't quite you know sure if he was ready or not for something like this Um, 
but he decided to do it. We'll get to it, but some of the scenes were a challenge. <laughs> we'll get to that later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, I, I, did we mention that it was Jimmy Stewart's favorite character that he did? Not his favorite I, movie, but... Yes, um, he loved that character. And also, I believe he wrote a letter to Philip Van Dornstern um, just telling him how amazing the story was and how meaningful it was for the world to have it. So that's really cool. I wouldn't expect anything less from from Jimmy, honestly. No, that's, not at all. Yeah, what a, what a class <laughs> act. So yeah, it was nominated for five Academy Awards, including Best Film Editing, Best Sound Recording, Best Director, Best Actor in a Leading Role, and Best Picture. That's actually quite a few Oscars for a movie that didn't do so hot right. at the box office. But you know what? This movie is exactly like a bottle of the finest wine. I think it only got better and better and better and better as the years went by. Oh, easily, easily. On Rotten Tomatoes, it holds a 94% tomato meter score from 77 film critics and a 95% audience score from 218,000 user reviews. It also describes, <laughs> Rotten Tomatoes also describes it as the holiday classic to define all holiday classics. It's a Wonderful Life is one of the handful of films worth an annual viewing. Wow. That's, that's, quite the statement. <laughs> that is a quite a statement. There's a lot of movies that I put in that category yeah. <laughs> um, for myself, but this is, of course, one of them. Mm -hmm. On IMDb, it is rated an 8.6 out of 10 from over 369,000 user ratings, which is crazy for IMDb. I feel like they're quite harsh on a lot of movies, but yeah, 8.6 8. is pretty high. 92% of Google users like the movie, and it has a 4 out of 4 from Roger Ebert. And I highly suggest reading Roger Ebert's full review of the movie, if you haven't. Have yeah, you, have always you, have you read that? Have you read that? I, you know, I have not. I, I usually just read snippets of reviews in general, mm -hmm. uh, but I, I have heard of it, and I have heard it's pretty touching. Oh, it's, it's extremely touching. And uh, I think it's worth going over but colorized version versus black and white there, okay, there's only there, folks. there's only one way to watch this movie emma <laughs> to me uh, well, to anyone maybe we'll have... <laughs> I, I guarantee you we have the same opinion all right all right to me i believe that the best way to watch this is in black and white easily <laughs> that is me so when i did pop it on not a DVD, <laughs> and on the um, Amazon Prime, I was a little surprised to see it was in color. Um, I haven't watched it in color in forever. Um, I personally have a preference for black and white. In general, not, not every movie, but a great, great deal of movies, I do prefer black and white versions. If it's shot in black and white, I don't know why. I really... Wait. Did you not see that there was a black and white version available on Amazon? No, it didn't. It just when I pressed it, it just did it automatically in color. Oh my gosh! You it, you should have you should have scrolled down a little bit more. It was in black and white. Oh uh, well, I just I I played it from the my television, and then it oh. just went automatically to color. Okay. Um. So Jack watched the black and white version then, and I watched the colorized one. <laughs> so you'll get those different perspectives i really try to blur it out of my mind <laughs> <laughs> but i would say if you have the option i like it better in black and white particularly the snowy parts mm -hmm. 
Yeah. And there's just something about black and white films in general where I just feel that <sighs> unless color is used as kind of part like a of color your... grading, like the color grading, like alters yeah, and the that's emotion. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like if you're using color as for purpose or to make it more vibrant, like I actually, I mean, I do like movies in color, but there are some films where I'm like, sometimes the story is so powerful that I like when there's not as much flashy stuff and that, and when it is in black and white, I hope that made sense. Right, right. Cause when I, when I was watching it, it's not like I was focusing on like this or that. I was just into the characters, into the story, what was yeah. going on. And like every line just hit harder. Every action meant like 10 times more than, I don't know. That's just what it felt like. But, uh, but yeah, there's a lot of copyright issues, I believe. That oh, surround- a ton. Right. And so that's kind of what allowed the, um, the coloring, right? Yes. Yes, indeed. Um, so there are two versions for you out there. I'll let you pick your poison. But you know what? Some people can't watch black and white movies. They they feel like it's too vintage or like too outdated. I don't know. I, I Again, I'm quoting things I've heard from other people and their right. struggle. But uh, if just, you're one of those people that struggles with black and white films, there is a color version for you. There is a colored version, but you should watch the black and white. Like you're wrong if you like the colored version better, and <laughs> that's that's all I can say about that. To eat your own, um, but I'll tell you my preference. Uh, but you know what? It wasn't that bad watching it in color. I didn't like it as much as the black and white aesthetic, but mm. um, you know, it's not bad. Yeah, one of the things in Roger Ebert's review is he talks about uh, Jimmy Stewart during the congressional hearing for all the copyright stuff. He said that I yeah. tried to look at the colorized version, but I had to turn it off. It made me feel sick. <laughs> that's, that's a lot. Yeah. And like, I won't go that far as to, to bag on the colorized version, but the black and white is it's a wonderful life. So if you're going to watch this, try it out in black and white first. That's all I have to say. Ugh, colorized version. Jesus. I'm, I'm sorry you had to deal with that. oh me too me too i i had no idea that there was an option now well i literally i went to go watch miracle on 34th street the other day and i literally turned it off because i only had the color version free the black and white version cost it so like i'd actually rather not that just says so much about us (laughs) (laughs) but yes the uh the story of It's a Wonderful Life, for those of you who are not familiar with it. After a man named George Bailey wishes he had never been born, an angel is sent to Earth to make George's wish come true. George starts to realize how many lives he has changed and impacted and how they would be different if he was never there. Ooh! Power. This is a powerful movie, you guys. Extremely powerful. Like, what a story. I think the Vatican even list this in one of their top movies. I mean, I know that not all of you guys are Catholic or subscribe to that faith, but in terms of just messages about life and doing good for humanity, this is up there. Right. Uh, It's definitely going to be tough to read at some parts and we're going to be getting emotional. This is the, (laughs) I I, I believe this will be the last episode that we do before we take a little bit of a break ourselves. Yeah. So we're le- we're ending it on a very high note. Yes, a very high note. I've got my tea. I've got my Kleenex for multiple. 
multiple purposes it's multi-purpose <laughs> multi-purpose kleenex today yeah i, I got <laughs> my ready. i got my my calming candle behind me uh i don't I'm, I'm all bundled up in a sweatshirt and whatnot and just ready to ready to go through this this torture <laughs> again <laughs> this, this, these oh man it, it's gonna be fun though it's gonna be fun i love this movie so much <laughs> me too me too oh it's great awesome so is there anything else that you want to discuss before we head into it? i think we'll get into it as we go okay awesome without further ado ladies and gentlemen let's get into the rewatch <laughs> 